Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything is Brand for this week. This week, we want to expand on what we talked about last week, which was can brands sell online? And we want to specifically talk about B2B organizations. Not only can you sell online, but can you operate online? Jeremy, why don't you talk a little bit about being able to operate online before brands can even sell online? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first thing there is really, as we all have kind of been sort of forced online really quickly, I think what we have to do first and foremost is kind of get up to speed on all the different kinds of tools that are available out there for us to work our businesses. I think there are a lot of tools out there that people haven't even discovered yet. I know that we've definitely had to adjust and look for tools in different spaces for whether it's the wireframing that we do or the design presentations or even anything to do with strategy. We've had to make some adjustments and working with our clients. So I think more than anything, that's the first step that people need to take. And then from there, there are other things that people can look at as well. Okay, so we're talking about various business. Let's take real estate, for example, right? Currently, houses are on the market, albeit little stock of them, but they are on the market. People can't go in and visit the homes or don't feel safe to visit the homes. So what can real estate agents do? The uptick in virtual tours is is now key, right? That's now where it would have been previously a nice to have. Probably now it's going to be a must have, right? To limit the amount of people going into an open house to contaminate residents, whatever, right? But the need for that virtual experience now is definitely going to rise in that real estate market. Another one that I've been thinking about, we know a lot of industries rely on air travel to go make that sales pitch across the globe, et cetera, for whatever their business is. Think about healthcare tech. Think about the selling of machines, et cetera. Sometimes we've got companies that are dealing with massive equipment or technology and trucking that across the globe to sell your product is expensive, laborious, and you name it, uh, very, very costly. But think about it from a VR perspective. Could we leverage VR technology to be selling that machine globally, right? Why not have a virtual experience there showcasing that particular tech and how it operates in an environment? You just minimize your footprint big time by basically having an experience overtake all those costs that you incurred traveling. Another one that we're going to see a lot more too is in the education sector. Jer, you and I and Christian all have kids and Vincent too. But utilizing VR as a teaching mechanism, although not maybe directly selling, but various tools can be selling into the education to be able to teach kids that lesson. Let's think about it from terms of history or geography. I remember my son doing uh, something on the aboriginals and longhouses and being able to, well, you can't take the kids there, field trip, whatever, but Imagine having an immersive experience virtually to teach kids that lesson, right? And maybe there is technology out there or companies that can sell that as a platform. So I think VR is definitely one of those avenues where people would have normally been traveling back and forth that we should be looking at or that companies should be looking at as a means to sell their products or their services a lot easier. Yeah, it's it's interesting because what you're talking about, Gabby, is a, a change from the kind of 
old school way of selling that has been prevalent in business to business and adjusting it to be a lot more focused on how selling is done now on the B2C side. Online is so prevalent on the B2C side. So most B2B organizations really need to look at how are we selling, even though we may have products or we may be service-based or we may be a traditional business or we may work in supply chain or whatever that is, looking at these tools that take them from that kind of old-fashioned way of selling into a new-fashioned way. Yeah, I think that to your point, B2C has been doing that for many years. And I think that some of the businesses that are a lot more B2B are not utilizing that or using that as, as much as they potentially could. But I think that there is also kind of reframing how businesses think about selling online and what they can actually sell online. Because I think that selling a product, whether it's a small product directly to consumer or a large product of some sort to another business, that's one thing. But there are a lot of businesses that can potentially repackage some of their services and just basically look at how they sell maybe in a different way. And is there a way to package some of those services into something that they can actually sell online? Or even if it's not necessarily packaged, can they potentially present themselves as a more of an online solution rather than just face-to-face or kind of the, what I'm going to call the old-fashioned business and kind of operational stuff? Yeah, I think in that sense, we've seen a large uptick in education. So taking your business and thinking about it differently, right? At the end of the day, you've got the brains in your head as to the inner workings of what you do. Let's take service, for example, or branding like we do, etc. We can definitely educate an audience there using something like a masterclass. We've seen a huge uptick in masterclass in terms of famous directors, actors, all of that, uh, photographers, etc. coming on there and basically teaching their, their skill set. Not only does that open you up to possibly a different segment, it could be a lead into your business, right? It could be a lead generation for your business in that you're offering up a piece of education on a part of your business and lead into additional services that you may need. But you've basically packaged up a little bit of your thinking into a short little snippet of education that you can offer up online at a price. And we've seen we've seen during this last few months, a huge increase in online learning, right? The need to continuously learn. So that is definitely another avenue where B2B can focus. Yeah, some businesses may be concerned about offering too much of that because, you know, they may actually feel like they're giving away some of their secrets or secret sauce or whatever you want to call it. And it's also very time consuming. So perhaps that's one thing that they can actually use potentially more from the marketing perspective. But when we talk about can B2B be sold online, I think that that's where businesses may have to take a much closer look at their structure, what they actually do, how they can potentially sell that. I think that it is a bigger undertaking from that point of view, but there are opportunities. And there are services like accountants, for example, during the tax season, are there certain things that they can actually package some services or just look at it from from that perspective? Even in uh, the law industry, let's say, can some of the things be solved on a more packaged solution rather than one-on-one custom services kind of thing, right? So I think that that's where it gets kind of interesting to, to really take a look at those possible avenues for new revenue. 
Yeah, law has traditionally been a service per hour type fee model, right? But an opportunity could be where contract review or any of that sort of repetitive work that lawyers do, and basically packaging that up into a product, whatever, however many pages of a contract or however many hours of work packaged up online, easy to get to, rather than that send us a quote or get an invoice at the end and making that easier for the end user to just click and buy that service. Yeah. So what's what's clear is that the B2C world has done for years and years is that productization of everything. So selling products, turning everything into products that consumers can then consume. Where B2B needs to kind of look towards that is Yes, can we productize, but how can we reframe our business or how can we frame our thinking in order to deliver in this new reality? So if you're a B2B organization and you're forced to be online, what are you doing to reframe your business? What are you doing to create any products that might be right? But also, how are you delivering the services? So there's got to be different ways to deliver those services and offer alternative ways to be able to offer things that you've done more traditionally in the past, but that have to be way more focused on what people are looking for now. I think that the place that people can look for that is, is really in the area of efficiencies. Looking at things that we do over and over and over again, and starting to figure out how to sort of package that up. Because I think that that's a really key area in all of this, is like, if you're giving the same presentation, for instance, over and over again, what's to stop you from turning that into a video that you supply to your client, and then they can watch, and then you can take that same video and sort of supply to the next person within a sense, maybe there's areas that have to be customized or maybe there's areas that need to be adjusted as you go forward based on your learnings. But really, if we're looking for a place to start with all that, I would say it's in the efficiency area of a business. It's like, where can I take something that I'm doing over and over again and turn that into something that I can monetize online in a way? Yeah. An easy one would be if your company currently does webinars and literally posts them on YouTube, you can basically monetize your channel and there is an, a, a revenue stream that you probably never even thought about having into your business. Sleeping money, as we call it, right? But it's already leveraging assets that you have there, uh, like your webinars, and uh, it's just leveraging the YouTube platform for it. Another important fact is that B2B buyers are B2C consumers as well. So they are expecting a transformation in that user-consumer journey and uh, having the same capabilities they're receiving from the consumer end on their business end as well. I mean, I wouldn't want to receive a thousand page catalog right now when you can send me a VR video or, or, or something like that. So, so it's kind of getting expected that B2B companies need to upgrade their, their game, right? Part of the issue is that they've stayed very stable for a very long time because the world, there wasn't a catalyst like there is now where it's forced them to say, Let's rethink how we deliver on our business. Things are working well. It's going along well. They've made slight adjustments as they've gone along. I mean, most B2B organizations are online already through a website and social channels. But I'm not sure that they're necessarily thinking about how to offer their business and monetize online in the same way that the B2C world is doing it. 
Yeah, and I think I think to that point, like I mean, one of the issues that people are dealing with, probably in general, is the amount of red tape involved in processes to get to the space they need to get to online. There's so many levels that things have to go through, approvals that things have to go through to get to where we have to be faster now. We have to be better at this sort of stuff. We have to yeah. be we have to be a little bit more okay with it not being perfect when mm. we go out the first time. I think that that's a big point in all of this as well. Is like we you know, always some, say iteration, iteration, iteration. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite words. Uh, you know, for the last few years is is been. Uh, to get the client, to get our clients to understand iteration, to get them to understand that you know it's it's about being there first more than it's about being perfect. And I think that you know in in this case where all of these sort of B two B businesses are going, I think a lot of the hesitation comes around the fact that they want you know they want it to be right when they go out of the gate. But sometimes I think as a, a society we're becoming more okay with if it's not perfect, it's okay. We understand that you're working on it. We we want to work with you on it, and and that's really the situation that a we're seeing in education, but b we're seeing in businesses as well. Is that we're seeing that people are are becoming more comfortable with yeah. Let's just get it up, and we'll we'll figure it out as we keep going. So it's interesting because the expectation in the B two B world has always been this level of professionalism that is much higher than in any other selling opportunity. Even with consumers, there's humor, there's tongue-in-cheek, but there's always that authenticity. But when you move into that B2B world, there's this expectation of this level of professionalism that you can't do this and you can't do that, you can't say this, and it has to be perfect and it has to be this. And I think that that's breaking down a little bit to your point, Jeremy, that, that people are saying, look, make sure that you're delivering to me what I need. And that's been happening on the B2C side for years. And although it's been happening on the B2B side, there's been almost like this sheen of of perfectionism or professionalism that has kind of clouded what is potentially possible. Another part is the infrastructure uh, portion to it, especially when it comes to larger businesses. They have to, to really adjust their infrastructure internally to be able to reposition some of their services or whatever they are selling to allow for that kind of online experience. Because a lot of those businesses are very traditional and to the point of professionalism and all of that, they are sometimes moving really, really slow because they have all those processes in place. And it really requires to kind of take a look at some of those and getting rid of some of some of those processes or at least updating them to Jeremy's point earlier a lot of it is about streamlining. But I think this pandemic has given the B2B world a jolt and the need to move quickly, the need to be nimble. And we're seeing that the fact that agility moving quickly, maybe not being perfect out of the gate, but moving quickly, again, we go back, is relevant to what's going on, but also humanizing that brand. Even though you are a B2B brand, there's still an opportunity there to show your human side as well. Yeah, I think ultimately, as long as you're showing value, it doesn't matter so much how you show that value. It doesn't have to be perfect. You definitely have to show value. You definitely have to show up and have things to say and advice to offer and all that. That has to be there. But whether Mm -hmm. it's perfect out of the gate when you do that from your presentation or from how you deliver it, I think that people are being a little bit more relaxed there. So whether you're offering up an education masterclass on whatever your service is, or whether you're offering up a VR experience on whatever product you're selling, you're right. It's bringing in value to the end. Yeah. 
you know, Gabby, to that point, the, the most important part of any opportunity to sell is bringing that value. And I think what most organizations have to do at this point, if they're in the B2B realm, is take a look at those key things. First, operationally, what are you doing operationally to ensure that you can deliver online? And, and how are you thinking about your business overall? Are you productizing? Are you delivering your services in a different way? Are you perhaps looking at your business in a different way and delivering new and innovative things that you didn't deliver before because you're now in a different realm? The next thing is looking at the tools that are available to you, like VR, like uh, online SaaS tools, whatever it is, really allowing your business to use the things that are available there. The other thing is use the authenticity and the less formal and professional approach that B2C has used a lot. So whether that means building in humor, building in realness, whatever it might be, but making sure that in your delivery to your clients that you're giving them exactly something that they're looking for. And finally, always delivering on that value and making sure that you're relevant. So many businesses, you know, Gabby, you talked about this idea of a jolt, but so many businesses right now are being jolted into this new reality. And the ones that will survive, the ones whose brands will flourish are the ones who take a step back and say, okay, this is where we are now. What are we going to do going forward? And as opposed to hiding in the trenches and hoping that everything goes back to normal because that's not going to happen. So it's really about making sure that your brand evolves and making sure that you continue to deliver that value to your clients and, and stakeholders. That's this week. Sell, 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 whether you're B2C or B2B. At the end of the day, you still have to continue to sell and online is the perfect opportunity for you to do it. And not only sell, but build your brand so that you continue to be effective and connect with all of your customers, consumers, and stakeholders. That's this week of Everything is Brand. Join us next week again when the Zinc team will get together to talk about a whole new topic. And remember, everything is brand.